Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I will be guiding you through our March Madness Mega Preview. It's not so mega this year as it was last year with a plethora of guests. It's just going to be me, myself, and I. So bear with me as I work my way through the bracket and give you the tidbits that you need to know for each of the regions to fill out your bracket to the best of your ability. Before I get into it, let me just break down how I'm going to preview each of the regions. I'll give you a top four seed that I in each region that I think is most likely to win that said region, as well as a national championship. I'm going to give you a double-digit seed that I think is most likely to spring an upset or two if not more, I'll give you what I believe is the most interesting first round matchup of each region. I'll give you a team that's seated somewhere in that five to nine, that low single digit range that I think is most likely to pull off an elite eight run, or maybe even make it all the way to the final four and beyond. And then I'll wrap up each region with my pick, which two teams I think we'll get to the regional final and who will advance between those two to get to the final four. And at the very end, I'll give you my final four picks and who I think will cut down the nets when all is said and done. So without further ado, let's get right to it. We'll start in the West region with the top overall seed Gonzaga. They played a fantastic season compiling a record of 26 and three pretty much cruised through the West coast conference per usual. And they will be getting an easy road. In my opinion, I don't think it's the easiest road of any of the one seas, but I think it's one of the easier roads of the four one seats. And so therefore I think, in the West region, the top four seed most likely to win this region is it just has to be Gonzaga. I know that it's the easy choice here, but not only do I think that they have the easiest path of the top four seeds here, I think that they're easily the most talented. You can make the case that Duke is right there with them, tick for tack in talent. And if you need further proof, Duke beat Gonzaga earlier this season, so there you go there. But I think if you look at the other three teams in the top four seed lines in this region, their roads are significantly tougher than Gonzaga. Let's start with the four seed. Arkansas, they get a very tough first-round matchup in their 4-13 game against the Vermont Catamounts. Vermont absolutely ran train on the America East conference this year dominated and even in the conference tournament, they won all three of their conference tournament games by over 30 points. That's impressive. So I, I look at that one. And while I think if Arkansas can survive that one, that they'll probably make it to the, the second weekend, I don't think they stand a heck of a lot of chance against Gonzaga being undersized and not being able to match up well with the likes of Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. 
you go down to the three seed, Texas Tech. I think they're probably the best shot at taking down Gonzaga. But my concern with Texas Tech is despite the great defense that they have, and it is smothering, they really don't have an offensive go-to guy. And again, this is another team that's a little bit undersized. So my concern there is I just don't think that they're going to be able to get buckets in clutch situations that they need to in order to get past a team like Gonzaga in a potential Elite Eight matchup. Now, Texas Tech has found ways to get it done in the regular season. Don't don't get me wrong. This is a team that went 7-4 against the top 25 in the regular season, performed very well in the Big 12, and went all the way to the Big 12 Conference Tournament Final, where they finally bowed out to Kansas. But this is, is a Red Raiders team that not only beat Baylor twice, they beat Kansas one out of three. Not great, but that's still one win. They beat Texas twice, and they also beat Tennessee. So they've got an impressive slate of wins there. So the problem I have is that if they were to play Gonzaga, not only do I think they they just don't match up great, they've also already shown us that they don't match up great because they lost to Gonzaga earlier in the regular season. So I know that if you look at it, Duke beat Gonzaga, and Texas Tech lost to Gonzaga, but I still think Texas Tech has a better shot of taking down Gonzaga than Duke. Now, here's why I don't have a lot of faith in Duke. Duke is coming off another crushing defeat, this time in the ACC tournament final versus Virginia Tech. You look at how they performed when the pressure was cranked up to the utmost level. Coach K's final home game, in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Duke Withers in the second half gets handled by North Carolina. A good North Carolina team, mind you, but still, they wilted under the pressure. ACC tournament, they survive the quarterfinal, they survive the semifinal, and then they fall apart in the tournament final. So I look at this Duke team, and... While I think that they should be able to very much handle their business against Cal State Fullerton, and then hopefully get by the winner of Michigan State Davidson, which will not be easy. I have my doubts if they run into a Texas Tech team that just will probably want it more and is not going to have the pressure of a Hall of Fame coach arguably maybe the best coach in the history of the sport, knowing that the next game that he loses is his last. And that's, it almost seems like it's starting to eat at the players. And so I just, I just don't have a lot of faith that Duke's going to be able to get past the second weekend in the tournament this year. I hope I'm wrong. I very much hope I'm wrong, but just taking a step back and looking at it from an unbiased view, you have to have some doubts here about how far Duke can really go in a bracket 
that features Gonzaga and the likes of Texas Tech. So with that in mind, I still like Gonzaga to go through the region because they just the four or five matchup is two teams that don't really stand too much of a threat or pose too much of a threat to the Bulldogs. So I really think Gonzaga, maybe they'll play a close game against Memphis if Emily Bates were to play for Memphis. Uh, But currently he's still out. He hasn't played since the end of January, and there's no update as to whether or not he'll be available for the tournament game against Boise State in the 8-9 matchup. So even if Memphis wins, who knows if he would be able to play and be available for the Tigers against Gonzaga. But I I just, I have, I don't have much faith in either Arkansas or UConn to beat Gonzaga. So I really think Gonzaga should get to the Elite Eight pretty much unopposed. Maybe, maybe they get a closer game or two, but I think that they'll be, they should be able to get to the Elite Eight pretty much scot three. And then, potentially having a rematch with a Duke, a Texas Tech, or maybe an Alabama if Alabama were to get their act together. So top four seed most likely in the West to to win it all, it has to be Gonzaga, especially given the fact that they went all the way to the national championship last year. Now, if we're talking double-digit seed, that could spring an upset or two, and I kind of teased this earlier. I think it's Vermont. They, the Catamounts, I like their chances against Arkansas in this 4-13 matchup. They're smart and efficient on offense, and that's shown in their offensive statistical output. Whether They rank very highly in, in the nation in offensive efficiency and field goal percentage. And they, they're no slouches on the defensive end either. And they're going to need to bring it defensively because Arkansas will bring it offensively. Arkansas leads the country in free throw attempts. So you know that the Hogs are going to be aggressive, attacking the basket, trying to get the opposition in foul trouble constantly. There is also the slight edge, and I don't know if it's even an edge to begin with, but this game is also being played in Buffalo. That's not too far of a trip. For Vermont, just one state over across New York, whereas Arkansas is going to be making a trip halfway across the country for this one. So I'm not saying that there's going to be any jet lag or anything like that, but Vermont might be able to make it seem a little less like a neutral site game. Maybe, maybe the fans are leaning a bit more for Vermont, and maybe that plays a little bit of a factor. Now, if Vermont wins, they would get the winner of the 5-12 game, which is UConn-New Mexico State. Personally, I think New Mexico State is just a fraud. They literally reconstructed the WAC conference several years ago just so that they could secure an auto bid to this tournament every single year by bringing up a bunch of D2 schools to join the WAC and keep it alive when there was that mass exodus during conference realignments. And 
I don't think they've done anything with it. They lose every year. They're always a double-digit seed, and they always get smacked. And while I'm not saying that UConn is going to be the one to smack them this year, I definitely don't like New Mexico State's chances against UConn. And if you get a UConn-Vermont matchup, I think Vermont stands a chance against UConn. UConn has some talent. They've got a, a big three featuring two guards and a big man. They're led by six foot nine forward Adama Sanogo, but they're not exactly a dead eye shooting team. They're not the best on the offensive end. And I think Vermont, because of that, Vermont could hang with them. So if, if Vermont's able to pull that first upset over Arkansas, I would not be surprised if they did it again to presumably UConn and made their way as a double-digit seed to the Sweet 16. So watch out for Vermont. The most intriguing first-round matchup in this region, for me, is the 6-11 matchup. It's the six-seeded Alabama Crimson Tide versus either Rutgers or Notre Dame. Rutgers and Notre Dame will be playing each other in a first-four matchup as they were two of the last four teams that got at-large bids to the tournament. Typically, I like to hitch my wagon to a first-four team. Typically, they the first four produces one team that makes it to the second weekend of the tournament. But this year, I'm having my doubts as to whether or not either any of the four can do that. Rutgers and Notre Dame, it's, it just, it's tough to really get behind either one of them. Now, I think Alabama is a very vulnerable six seed. Don't, don't get me wrong. I am not doubting that either Rutgers or Notre Dame could beat Alabama. Just look at Alabama's results. The fact that all that Alabama can beat the likes of Gonzaga, Houston, and Baylor, as well as Tennessee and Arkansas, but lose to the likes of Georgia and Vanderbilt, as well as Iona, uh, that's, that's just a very large spectrum of possibilities in terms of which version of that team is going to show up. And the crazy thing is Notre Dame and Rutgers aren't too much different. You've got a Notre Dame team that was able to beat Kentucky in non-conference play, yet walked into the ACC tournament as the number two seed, the number two seed in the ACC. And they lost in the first in their quarterfinal matchup to Virginia Tech. Who in their own right, did go on to win the whole dang thing. But Notre Dame was literally a two-seed in the ACC and was one of the last four teams in because they just didn't have much of a resume. They didn't really do anything outside of that Kentucky win. And they've had their ups and downs. I don't know which version of this team. Are we going to get the one that handled their business and showed that they could take down one of the top teams and one of the best conferences in college basketball, or we're going to get the version that flamed out royally right off the bat in their conference tournament. 
Same thing for Rutgers. Rutgers wasn't really thought of as a bubble team for much of the season or a team that was going to be in the NCAA tournament mix. And then all they did was win four straight games against Big Ten ranked opponents to put themselves squarely on the bubble and in the mix. And then they did just enough the rest of the way to put themselves in a position to earn an at-large spin. They got a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, but they lost in their four or five matchup handily to Iowa, who also went on to win that tournament. So you're looking at three teams here between Bama, Rutgers, and Notre Dame, who all lost in their opening conference tournament game, but have all shown the ability to beat top-notch quality teams. So I think this just looks like the most intriguing matchup because I have no idea which version of each team is going to show up to this thing. And if the first four winner between Rutgers and Notre Dame can really get some momentum, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were able to topple the tide. So watch out for not only that 6-11 matchup, but the first four matchup between Rutgers and Notre Dame as well. Now, a lower seed, somewhere in that five to nine range that I think is capable of making an Elite Eight run or beyond is seven seed in Michigan State. I know that they went through their own turmoils. They had a very, very bad February. And I think it cost them a couple of seed lines. At one point, they were showing up in brackets on as a nine seed. And if they hadn't gotten their act together come March, they could have been on the cut line. But this is a team that has beaten the likes of Purdue. They have solid non-conference wins against the likes of UConn, Loyola, Chicago. And they also beat Wisconsin twice. Two out of three to be exact. So Michigan State has their fair share of good wins. But they also have some highly questionable losses against the likes of Northwestern and Penn State. That being said, they are getting warm at the right time. They went on a nice run in the Big Ten tournament, making it all the way to the semifinals before bowing out. And Tom Izzo seems to have figured this one out. And I would not doubt a Spartan run into the second weekend, maybe even beyond. So while they don't boast any sort of top NBA draft talent on this team, they're a scrappy bunch. And I think that if they were to get Duke in the second round, which if they survive Davidson would be most likely scenario. I don't think that there are going to be a pushover for Duke. And I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan state took down Duke, if Duke withered under the pressure yet again, and if Michigan state's able to beat Duke, I think that and get to the sweet 16, I think all bets are off. And I think Michigan state could end up making an even deeper run than just getting to the second weekend. So watch out for Michigan State 
because I think they've gotten their mojo back after a rough February. And I just look at the other single digit seeds that are lower in that five to nine range. And I don't like their chances because UConn, Memphis, Boise state, they're all in the Gonzaga half of the bracket. I don't think they stand a chance there. And I look at Alabama, like I said previously, I don't think they're consistent enough to really rely upon to make a deep run as much as capable as they are. So I really think Michigan state represents the best chance of carrying over the momentum of the past couple of weeks and making a deeper run into the tournament. So to wrap up the West region, my pick is going to be Gonzaga as the one seed advancing to the final four, defeating three seed Texas tech in the regional final. Let's move on to the South region. The South region is headlined by number one seed, Arizona, who definitely exceeded expectations at least a little bit. I don't think anyone expected them to be this dang good this year. I think they, everyone kind of thought maybe they were a year away. Well, they have arrived 31 and three, a regular season and tournament pack 12 championship to boot. And they landed some very impressive wins of their own beating UCLA two out of three times. They beat the likes of Illinois. They've beat USC twice, handled their business with other tournament teams like Michigan and Wyoming handily. And they've shown that even when they're down big, they can come all the way back and win. Just look at the Pac-12 tournament championship game against UCLA for your example, or exhibit A there. That being said, I think the top four seed most likely to win this region and win it all is the three-seeded Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee is coming off of their own conference tournament championship run where they won the SEC tournament, defeating the eight-seeded Texas A&M Aggies in the tournament final. Tennessee is one of the three teams that actually beat Arizona this year. And they also have notched several other impressive wins. They're one of the few teams that was able to beat Auburn this year. They took two out of three from Kentucky. They beat Arkansas. They beat LSU. Now, that being said, they do have some losses to other teams. They're 26 and seven, so they've got some losses of their own, right? They lost to Villanova, who just so happens to be the two seed in their region. So a sweet 16 matchup between those two could be looming. They lost to Texas Tech and Texas, as well as Alabama. But I really like the way this team is playing right now. A guard-heavy attack, but they can really kind of tinker with their lineup and their style of play as the game goes on. They bring in a very good sixth man. I think his last name is Ziegler. Very quick, very shifty, able to really bring a different stylistic play to the volunteers because they they do struggle with threes at the time, and Ziegler sort of helps by picking up the pace and getting the team into transition and easier buckets. They also have some decent sharpshooters 
in the likes of Santiago Vescovi, Kennedy Chandler, and they they've got they've got weapons on offense. The problem is is can they get enough out of that three point shooting that they rely on so heavily? And I think if the SEC tournament is any indication, I think that answer is yes. You look at how the, the bracket shapes up. Arizona in a potential Sweet 16 matchup would either have to face the Big Ten regular season champion, Illinois Fighting Illini, and Kofi Coburn, who I'm sure will be looking to get some payback for last year's failed run where they were upset by Loyola Chicago in the round of 32. And the five seed is Houston. The Houston Cougars, who went to the Final Four last year and returned a vast majority of that squad this year. So Arizona is going to be going up against somebody very good, very talented in that Sweet 16 matchup. And as great as Arizona has been this year, I have my doubts because of how young this team is as to how far they can truly go. Are they one of the best? They're probably a top two, top three team in the country, but they're also one of the youngest. And I wonder if they will let the pressure get to them at some point. I think if they were to match up with Houston in a Sweet 16 matchup, I think that Arizona could see their run end prematurely. So I look at that, and I think Arizona could run into a serious speed bump there. You look at the other half of the bracket. Like I said, Villanova is the two. Tennessee is the three. They played each other, and Villanova won handily. Villanova is also coming off of their own tournament championship where they won the Big East tourney. I I like Villanova in a potential rematch with Tennessee. But the problem with that is I don't think that that's actually going to happen because the 10 seed in this region is Loyola Chicago. And if you need a reminder of what Loyola Chicago is capable of, go do your research and look up Loyola Chicago NCAA tournament. And the last couple of tournaments, you'll see that they have made some serious damage and made a couple of very solid runs most notably last year, making it to the Sweet 16, upsetting top-seeded Illinois, as I mentioned. I like Loyola Chicago to not only win their 7-10 matchup as the 10 seed, I think they can beat Villanova too. I think they might have some of that magic left from years past. And if that is the case, I do think that magic would run out come the Sweet 16, and that would allow Tennessee to get to that Elite Eight. And if we were to get a, say, Arizona versus Tennessee matchup or even Tennessee versus Houston or Illinois, I kind of like Tennessee's odds. So I look at Tennessee, and they've already shown they can beat in Arizona, and I think that the bracket could pose speed bumps to the other top four seeds in their region. So I like Tennessee. I like their odds to be the one 
of the top four seed lines in the South to be able to get out in advance to the final four. In terms of a double-digit seed here, I already kind of teased it yet again. I think it's Loyola Chicago. I think not only do they have experience as an underdog in the big dance, just go look at last year's tournament if you need recent a recent example. It wouldn't surprise me to see them playing into the Sweet 16 yet again. Even with a potential opponent tree of Ohio State and Villanova in their way. They had a little bit of struggles late February where they lost a couple of conference games. They had been rolling through the Missouri Valley up until the late February where they kind of started to show some cracks, but they picked themselves off, dusted themselves off, and were able to take care of business in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in Arch Madness. Now they're coming up and beating EJ Liddell will be no easy feat, but if anyone is capable of pulling off a few upsets, it's definitely, it has to be Loyola Chicago. So watch out for the Ramblers uh, in the South region. The most intriguing matchup here, I think, is the 6-11. Yet again, this one is six-seeded Colorado State versus 11-seeded Michigan. Michigan, this is not the seed line they probably thought they were going to be looking at come when they entered the season. They probably thought they were going to trim one of those ones and be more like a one seed. That is not the case whatsoever. They just did not meet preseason expectations. Instead, they went 17 and 13, 11 and nine in the big 10 and did not. I don't think they even won a conference tournament game. So while they have beaten a few good teams in Purdue, Iowa, Ohio state, as well as San Diego State, who Colorado State lost two out of three to. Michigan certainly is playing with house money because they barely got into this tournament for a team that had lofty expectations coming into the season. Now, Now they get to contend with a Colorado State Rams team that has beaten several quality tournament teams, the likes of which include San Diego State, Boise State twice. They beat St. Mary's, who's a five seed, and we'll we'll check them out in a little bit. They beat Wyoming, who was a first four team, and they also beat Creighton. So Colorado State has put together a very impressive resume of wins for a mid-major team, and they should not be slept on. But that being said, this is still Michigan, and Hunter Dickinson and Devontae Jones are still there for Michigan. And if they come out of the gates hot, I don't think there's a heck of a lot Colorado State's going to be able to do, even as good of a team as the Rams are. So while I think 
Colorado State is probably the betting favorite just based on seed line and resume. Michigan is a bit more battle-tested, having gone through the Big Ten. And if they're able to show up and actually be the team that people thought they were going to be going into the regular season, which is doubtful. But if they are, this is definitely upset city. Don't be surprised if Michigan pulls the upset here. Uh, And I'm very interested to see how this one plays out. The five through nine seed that I think is most likely to pull off an elite eight run here. I think it's got to be the Houston Tigers or Houston Cougars, rather the five seed in this region. I, I lamented on how they made a final four run last year and brought most of that talent back. If they can just stay out of their own way, the only thing they really struggle at is free throws. And that could be crucial in late game situations. But if they, if they can just stay out of their own way in that, in that round, then I have no doubts why this team can't make it back to the final four. They've got a stifling defense. They play well on offense, averaging 76 points a game. And they've beaten the likes of some tournament teams as well. Most notably Memphis. And we're one win away from another 30 win season. So I think the one thing that could deter them is their free throw shooting. They also have some injury concerns. They lost two guys uh, that were key rotation pieces for the season, but they've persevered and they've found a way to keep things clicking. So I think if there's any team that can make a deep run in that five to nine seed range, I think it's got to be the Houston Cougars. I think they're very capable of taking out Illinois. And I think if they get a crack at Arizona, they could shock some people and take down the Wildcats. So keep your eye on Houston. They've done it before. Just look at last year. Don't be surprised if they do it again. Now, my Elite Eight pick here, who I think will be the last two teams standing in the South, give me Tennessee and Houston. I've spoken about both of them a bit in this region, and I think they will be the last two standing. I think Tennessee would come out on top, though. I think they've just got a little bit too much talent uh, for, for Houston to handle. I think that would overcome the experience factor for Houston. So give me the three-seeded Tennessee Volunteers taking down the five-seeded Houston Cougars in the Elite Eight to move on to the Final Four. Moving on to the East region. A lot of blue bloods in this region for sure. This region is headlined by top-seeded Baylor Bears. And I think they are the most vulnerable of the one seeds. And I don't think that's really saying much. I think that's kind of obvious when you look at the top four seeds with Kansas being the fourth one seed. They lost their starting center, who was a do-it-all guy for them. He was a glue guy for the Baylor Bears. They've been able to handle themselves nicely since they lost their starting center, but they have lost a couple of games since then. 
So including a f- in the conference quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. Fun fact, no team has ever won a national championship having lost in their conference tournament quarterfinal round or sooner. So if you like those kind of historical tidbits, probably want to stay away from picking Baylor to go places in this one. That being said, top four seed that I think can get out of this region and win it all, it has to be UCLA. You look at the other top four seeds. Baylor, they're not 100% healthy, and they, they, they seem a little bit vulnerable even for a one seed. Kentucky is the two seed here. Oscar Toshibwe is an absolute monster. He's a beast. He, he probably should be player of the year uh, with how well he absolutely dominated the glass and was able to score in the low post as well. But this is a team that, while they are actually more so upperclassmen than the typical freshman, sophomore teams of John Calipari past, this team hasn't actually played a single tournament game together. And... Kentucky, as a program, hasn't been to the tournament in a couple of years. You had the pandemic cancel one year. They were terrible last year. So Kentucky hasn't really been in this position in a couple of years, and neither have any, has anyone on this team uh, as a unit. So while Kentucky is super talented across the board, Ty Ty Washington, Wheeler, up front in the backcourt, I, I do have my doubts about how far they can go with no real March Madness experience. So I am a little skeptical on Kentucky, although they definitely have the talent to get to the final four. You look at the three seed, it's Purdue. I'm going to leave this one short and sweet. I think Purdue is frauds. They're another team that I do not trust ever in March Madness. Neither should you. They have, they, they lost in the first round last year. I think they got upset by North Texas in a 4-13 matchup. This year, they're in a 3-14 matchup. I don't think Yale will be the one to take them down. But Purdue is not a team that I would put my money on whatsoever to not only win a region, but win a national championship. And that leaves me with UCLA. I think the four-seeded Bruins have everything that you need to get to the Final Four and win a championship. They have the experience. They went to the Final Four last year. They return most of the players from that Final Four run. And they're playing some of the best basketball of the season. They went all the way to the Pac-12 tournament final before they bowed out to Arizona, blowing that lead, double-digit lead in the conference tournament final. And they did not look good in their non-conference game against Gonzaga. They got obliterated. But that being said, they still beat Arizona once in the regular season. They beat Villanova, took two out of three from crosstown rival 
Southern California, and they beat Marquette on the road. Johnny Juzang and Jamie Jacquez, or Jacquez, they were electric in the tournament last year. And I expect more of the same from them this go around. I think that Baylor will be their biggest obstacle. But like I said, Baylor's quick exit from the Big 12 tournament, that showed me some vulnerabilities that the Bears have. And so I'm, I'm very skeptical that Baylor is going to be able to stick around more than, uh, more than the second weekend. And that would be a brief stint, if that. Uh, and like I said, Kentucky, I think they've got the talent but I don't really think they've got the togetherness of the, the tournament experience that they need to make a championship run. Maybe I'll get proven wrong on that, but just looking at it first glance, I really like UCLA to come out of this region and get back to the final four. Now a double digit seed that I think could cause some havoc here. I think this is an easy one in this region, even though there's a first four matchup here. And that's Virginia Tech. The 11 seeded Hokies are taking on the six seeded Texas Longhorns. If you remember last year, Texas was, I think, a three seed. And they lost to in state school Abilene Christian on a buzzer beater. So Texas is going to be looking to rectify that one. But the problem is they've been a little bit shaky of late. They do have some, some key wins. Having played in the Big 12, they had several opportunities. They split the season series with Kansas. They actually beat Seton Hall. Uh, correct that. They beat Tennessee. I can't read. So they've got some – they got a couple of marquee wins to their resume. Uh, they're led by a pair of seniors and Timmy Allen and Andrew Jones. They – they can compete with anyone, but they're not as hot as Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech struggled for a vast majority of this season. They were 10 and 10 at one point. They started the conference slate with a terrible conference record before they flipped the switch, went on a massive roll to finish the season, and capped it off with an ACC tournament championship, propelling them into this spot. Now, last year, Oregon State, as well as Georgetown, were two teams in a similar position who might not have, probably not, not would not have made the tournament had they not won the auto bid from the conference tournament. And I feel like Virginia Tech is in that similar spot where they would have been very iffy to have made it as an at-large, if at all. Last year, Oregon State, made a similar late-season push to Virginia Tech. They won the conference tournament, and then they made it all the way to the Elite Eight as a 12 seed. I think if anyone is going to replicate that this year, it'll be Virginia Tech, who took down the top three seeds in the ACC tournament in Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Duke, en route to said auto bid. Yes, they do. They will be playing Texas in the first round, but Texas... Doesn't hasn't done well in the past decade. They haven't won a tournament game since 2014, and they are one in six overall as a program in the last decade of the NCAA tournament. So I think Virginia Tech 
can definitely get by Texas. I think Virginia Tech was a little bit underseeded here, given that their overall season resume as a whole wasn't great up until they made that run the past month or two of the season where they just went on a tear. And even if they draw Purdue, which they most likely would in the round of 32, I think they can definitely take advantage of Purdue in that one. Purdue will look to to smash you down low with their pair of giant bigs. But I think Virginia Tech's got a bit too much shooting and is a bit too hot for Purdue to handle. I also just don't trust Purdue at all. That's a lot of my issue with Purdue. Uh, so I think if there's any double digit seed to hitch behind in this region, definitely make it Virginia tech. Now the most interesting matchup in the first round of the East region, I believe is the seven ten matchup between Murray state and San Francisco. Not only will a tournament win an elusive one for a pair of mid majors, and a spot in the second round be on the line here. But the winner of this battle will almost certainly get a crack at Blue Blood Power Kentucky, who is the two seed. You have to think that a team like Murray State is going to be salivating over the opportunity to get a crack at an in-state power in the form of Kentucky. So... Do not be surprised if Murray State uh, is look might be looking ahead a little bit, and San Francisco is able to trip them up and pull a little bit of an upset here. But also, don't be surprised if Murray State handles their business. If you need anything to reassure yourself of that, look at their record. 30 and two. They handled their business throughout the Ohio Valley slate. They also come in on a 20 game win streak. And they have shown that they can hang with some very good teams. They beat fellow tournament teams in Chattanooga and Memphis. And they only lost to Auburn by 13. And that was a single digit game for most of the game in Auburn. So I think Murray state is for real here. And for that reason, they are the five through nine seed that I think is most likely to pull off an elite eight run. Not only do they, are they coming in super hot? Like I said, with a 20 game win streak, which is the second longest win streak in the country currently, but they've also, beaten a few other tournament teams, like I said, and they've got two guys in KJ Williams and Tevin Brown that combine for nearly 35 points a game and have played in the tournament. They've got tournament experience and they also have tournament experience winning a tournament game. You got to look back to 2019. These two were freshmen. But not just freshmen, they were starting freshmen playing alongside a guy who you might know by the name of Ja Morant. That team ended up winning their first round matchup before bowing out in the round of 32. I'm not saying 
that it won't be much of the same this time around, but this is one of the hottest teams in the country. They've got talent and they've got talent with experience that they can harp on. Now for the racers overcoming Oscar Toshibwe, the absolute unit for the wildcats, that's going to be quite the tall task. But if there's any dark horse in the East region to that could be up for the challenge of springing some upsets as we get later into the tournament. I think it's Murray state. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we saw a Murray state Kentucky matchup, I wouldn't be shocked if Murray state gave Kentucky not only a run for their money, but sent them home packing before the second weekend. Now let's get into my pick here. I like UCLA. I think I made that abundantly clear a little bit earlier. I like the experience. I like the their backcourt is super talented. And I like their setup. I think they have a nice run path to the Elite Eight. So I'm going to take 4C to UCLA to get to the Elite Eight. And I'm going to, this is where I'm going to go bold here. I really think Murray State is ready for the moment. I think they're going to upset Kentucky, and I think they're going to make a bit of a run here. Now, I think they're going to play Virginia Tech in a Sweet 16 matchup. So you're going to get a wacky 7-seed versus 11-seed Sweet 16 matchup. And I'm going to take Murray State in that one. So give me a UCLA-Murray State Elite Eight matchup. And I'm going to go with the far, far more talented team in UCLA to win this one. So give me four-seeded UCLA defeating seven-seeded Murray State in the East region. Finally, we get to the Midwest region, headlined by Kansas, winners of the Big 12 Tournament Championship. They've got plenty of talent to boot here, led by senior guard Ochai Ogbaji leads the team across the board in scoring three-point percentage, and they've got plenty of other scores, including the likes of Christian Braun and David McCormick. I really like where this team is at. They're coming off of a tournament championship run. They've shown across the board that they can beat just about anyone by beating Baylor, Texas Tech, two out of three, Texas, Michigan State, TCU, two out of three, Iowa State twice. They, they've beaten just about anyone that has been put in front of them. And so they are my top four seed in the Midwest that I think is most likely to win the region and potentially win a national championship. They're loaded. I think they've got the easiest road to the final four of all of the one seeds. I don't like Providence as a four seed. I think they're definitely prone to be upset. And Iowa, despite winning the Big Ten Tournament Championship, I'm not saying that they're vulnerable, but they don't feel like much of a threat to a team like Kansas. So I think Kansas should be able to get through to the Elite Eight And depending on what happens on the bottom half of this region, I think Kansas should be able 
to get to the final four uh, without too, too much trouble. Uh, I think the only matchup that they could really run into trouble with would be Auburn because Auburn might be the only team that's got as much, maybe more talent than them. But I've got my trepidations with Auburn as well. I look at Auburn and they they are in a similar position to Baylor where they lost in their conference tournament quarterfinal. If you remember, no team has ever won a national championship after bowing out that quickly in their conference tournament. That's not to say that Auburn can't make a deep run here and bow out in like the final four, but I this is on again, this is one of the youngest teams in the country, sort of like Arizona. And I am a little worried to see how far that talent can take them in ter- without the, the experience of upperclassmen to kind of balance things out. Wisconsin is the three seed here, and Providence is the four seed. I think in their matchups, respectively, versus Colgate and South Dakota State, they, both teams are on upset alert. I, I really think that Providence is fortunate to be in the position they were. They went, I think, 11-2 and two in two-possession games or better, which means that odd, more often than not, they just got a little lucky in those close games. I'm not saying they didn't earn it, but you can only get the bounces to go your way so many times. And banking on that is not going to work out for them in the long run. Certainly not against a South Dakota State team that owns the country's longest winning streak and one of the best offenses in the country. More on them in just a second. You look at Wisconsin and Colgate. Colgate gave Arkansas a bit of a run for their money last year in a tournament matchup before they ended up bowing out and losing by like 17. But they were in that game for the most part. I wouldn't be surprised if Colgate did it again this year. So I'll. that's why Wisconsin-Colgate in the 314 matchup is going to be my most intriguing matchup of the first round. And I say this because Colgate has returned many players from that squad that gave Arkansas a run for their money. Colgate has been to the tournament the past three years, I believe. And I think they, with their excellent three-point shooting, they shoot as a team over 40% from three. I think Colgate, if they're able to stay hot from three, they could not only give the Badgers a, a tough go in that first round, I think they could potentially upset the Badgers. So that would be a sneaky upset for me. And I think it's the most intriguing one because Wisconsin has had a great season in their own right, having amassed wins against the likes of Houston. They beat Purdue twice, Iowa, St. Mary's, split with Ohio State. But And they even have the Big Ten Player of the Year in Johnny Davis, that's Coach of the Year. They have one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten. They They have a little bit of everything, but they don't have – outside of Johnny Davis, anyone that that would feels like that they can impose their will. So if Colgate can slow down Johnny Davis, maybe get him, him the big guy into some foul trouble and knock down some early threes, I think Colgate is a sneaky good shot of pulling an upset here. 
And I'm definitely interested to see how long Colgate could stay in the game this year, this time against Wisconsin. Now, back to South Dakota State. I think they are the double-digit seed here that is most likely to pull off multiple upsets. The, like I said, the Jackrabbits average nearly 90 points per game behind the nation's most accurate three-point shooting. They went undefeated in conference play. They went, I believe, 21-0. and They're, They come in with a record of 30-4. and Like I said, the nation's longest win streak at 21 games. A tidbit of note, the Summit League champion, who South Dakota State is, has won their first-round matchup the past two NCAA tournaments. So think back to last year, Oral Roberts came out of the Summit, and they went all the way to the Sweet 16. I think you could see something similar here this year because – Providence, I think, is vulnerable, and I don't think Iowa, if they were to survive Richmond in advance, would be too much more of a difficult matchup for South Dakota State. Expect plenty of points in any game featuring the Jackrabbits, but also expect maybe a lengthy stay in the big dance from South Dakota State. So watch out from them. They've got the three-point shooting to do it. If they can stay hot from from distance, don't be surprised if the Jackrabbits are dancing much longer into March than most probably would expect. The five to nine seed that I think can make an elite run is Iowa. And I know that I've already said that I don't think that they're too much of a threat to Kansas. That being said, they do have a guy by the name of Keegan Murray, who is averaging nearly 24 points per game, got hot in the Big Ten tournament and helped them go through and win the conference tournament title. If they're able to carry that momentum and stay hot, if Keegan Murray just balls out and he gets enough help from the rest of his teammates shooting-wise, and they, they play good enough defense where they'll have as good as anyone uh, they'll be have as good as a shot as anyone to take down Kansas. So while I think Kansas should be able to handle business with Iowa, I also wouldn't be shocked if Iowa, if Iowa were to get to the sweet 16 and they, they got some serious momentum in the process or carried over that momentum from the big 10 tournament in the process. I wouldn't be surprised if they hung with Kansas and found a way to take him out, especially if Keegan Murray continues to ball out like the way he has. I just don't like the other low-end single-digit seeds in this region. I think you look at LSU as a sixth seed. They just fired their head coach amid those FBI investigations from five years ago. So I don't know what to expect from them. I, I I don't think you can put any faith in LSU. You have no idea how the team is going to respond. USC as a seven seed. Uh, they've got Isaiah Mobley still. They've got some solid talent and depth. But I don't think 
that they have they'll be able to hang with the likes of Auburn. I think Auburn's just too too far talented, more talented than them. So I don't like USC's chances of getting to the Sweet 16. And then in the 8-9 matchup, San Diego State and Creighton. Creighton's done well after losing their point guard for to the season-ending wrist injury. And so maybe they can give Kansas a bit of a fight. But like San Diego State, both teams are defensive-minded. They don't have a ton of offensive firepower. And I don't think that either will be able to hang with Kansas for 40 minutes. So I think that just leaves me with, with Iowa as the best bet here to make the elite run just by proxy. That being said, looking at my elite eight picks here, I think in the end, you're going to see chalk. I think you're going to get a matchup of the top two seeds between Kansas and Auburn. And I like Kansas to advance to the final four. So that leaves me with the following final four matchups. If I am somehow completely correct in my elite eight picks across the board, in terms of winners, that would leave me a final four matchup between UCLA and Gonzaga, which would actually be a rematch from last year in which Gonzaga won. And then on the opposite side, Kansas versus Tennessee. I think looking at the first matchup, UCLA-Gonzaga, obviously Gonzaga has the incredible one-two punch of Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, and that's going to be a ton to overcome. But if they're, but UCLA has their own dynamic duo, and I think that UCLA, if they were to get this rematch, I don't think that they would let it slip from them. I think they would take advantage of it, and I think UCLA would end up finding a way to take down Gonzaga yet again. Gonzaga loses in the final four in the other matchup. I like Kansas to take down Tennessee. I'm high on Tennessee. I think they're very much capable of making a final four run, but they just don't have the talent that Kansas has this year. I would like Kansas in that matchup. That leaves me with Kansas and UCLA and in a map potential matchup between these two for the national championship I think this is where Kansas's death would come into play. And I think Kansas would just find a way to just grind this one out and topple UCLA and add another championship for Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. So that's that's the pick. Make sure you make it. Kansas will be your 2022 national champion. But I think that's going to do it here for this episode of Fixin' to Talk Sports for myself, Ryan Brown, and nobody else. No guests this week. Sad. We'll try and get some guests back on for next week. But for myself, we will see you next time.